Hallelujah. Well, I heard the Holy Spirit say as I, I was giving my tithe tonight and I was thanking God for the promises that are associated with the tithe uh, and that he rebukes the devourer for our sake, that, uh, that uh, our vine does not cast its fruit. And I was just thanking him that the windows of heaven were open on our behalf. And I just heard the Holy Spirit say, I'm going uh, to open the windows of heaven to, in a new dimension. And uh, the blessings of God are going to be poured out on the saints uh, in an unprecedented manner. That's the exact Ooh, word he used. Unprecedented. That means, and I stopped to think, I thought, what does unprecedented mean? And I thought, well, that means it's never been that way before. There's nothing he could tell us that would describe it because it's never happened before. Amen. So hallelujah. That's a good word for tonight. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Hallelujah. Verse 23. We are at the fourth week of studying, and I don't know how long we'll go. We could do this till Jesus came back, but I imagine we won't. But hallelujah, surely he has something else he'll want to teach us. But 1 Thessalonians 5.23, we're studying spirit, soul, and body. Hallelujah. And let's read this in tonight. And, uh, and, and here's what it says. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, thank heavens for more revelation. Thank heavens that, that as we grow in God and as the times get closer to Jesus coming back, that more and more revelations being poured out on the saints. And so we see things that we didn't see five years ago, that we didn't see ten years ago. One of our very favorite teachers, uh, someone we love very much and trust very much, um, we, Pastor was talking to him the other day, and, he, and Pastor said something about one of his tapes or something, and he said, he said, well, you know, uh, be careful on that. Because he said this about his own tape. Be careful on that because we know more than we knew when we even preached that tape. And Pastor and I ourselves, you know, there's tapes from 10 and 20 years ago. Uh, someone told us recently, a preacher, they said, you know, uh, well, I'm taking all my old tapes from my church that I preached 20 years ago and I'm sending them to Russia. And we said, well, we're not. We're taking ours and putting them in the garbage can. And you know, we were Christians, we were saved, we was spirit-filled, we was walking in all the light we had. But I tell you, we got a ton more light than we had back then. And you know, we could take each tape and listen to it and make sure it was saying the very things the Lord has brought revelation to now. But that'd take too much time, hallelujah. I'd rather run them a copy of last week's tape and send them, you know. But you know, sometimes there's stuff like that. It's like, don't need that anymore. And then there's some things that, of course, are timeless. But... I mean, if it's on salvation, you're going to have trouble missing it too far. But anyway, there's lots of things that God's revealing to us. So we need to understand spirit, soul, and body because it's foundational to prospering in the Christian life. Most Christians live from the standpoint of, of soul and, and body. That's all they understand is soul and body. They, most Christians totally ignore the fact that they have a spirit. Even, I will tell you this, um, there is much confusion between soul and spirit. You've heard all your life, we're believing for souls to be saved in our revival. Well, souls don't get saved at the revival. The spirit man is what gets born again. It's not the soul. Now, your soul, you, do, you are a three-part being. We might as well go ahead and put God up. There's God. Hallelujah. And we might as well go ahead and put the three-part being, three-part man up. This is his body. 
This is his soul and this is his spirit. You know, and uh, let me put up the stacked one so you can see how we really look because we don't walk around in three parts like that. But but you that just just for clarity. And so we look something like this. We have a spirit living on the inside of us. That's the real man. That's the real us. Uh, the spirit can live without the body, but the body cannot live without the spirit. When your spirit leaves this body, and I tell you, doctors, they can, set, they can hook it up to machines. They can keep your heart beating. They can keep everything going. But it don't matter if the spirit's gone. Honey, it's, it's, it's nothing. It's just a blob of flesh, a blob of meat. That's all it is. Hallelujah. When your spirit's gone, and you know that happened recently, Brother Hagin, uh, one of our uh, fathers in the faith, he went on to be with the Lord. And you know he went, and, uh, and they had him hooked up to some machines. He had had a, uh, his heart quit or whatever. But he, but he and he, they had him hooked up to machines. And, uh, and, and Miss Aretha, his wife, they brought her to the hospital to see him. And she walked in there and said, he's not there. And turned around and walked off just like that. She knew he wasn't there. He wasn't there. And you know, but he had preached and the anointing of God had been in his body so much that when they took the, the stuff off of him, the, the machines off of him, and disconnected him, that he, he, for four, you know, everybody was calling around, Brother Hagin's dead, Brother Hagin's dead, Brother Hagin's dead. I mean, we heard it for four or five days. And, and he really, you know, that body just kept having life, having a heartbeat and all that kind of stuff. He wasn't there. Everybody knew he was dead. But, but you know, finally, you know, on the, and, and the Internet kept saying, well, he's still alive. And we would talk to people that were really close to him. And, well, he's gone, but he's still <laughs> beaten. He's gone, but he's still beaten. And finally, about five days later, it was like, well, now he's now it's it quit beating finally. But that life of God, that Zoe was out in his flesh, and his flesh was keeping going even after the spirit. It, it was similar to remember when Elijah when they buried him and he was in the ground and um, they had this dead man. Uh, I don't know how long it was. It's quite a while later. They had this dead man and some raiders came and they were got, they got scared and they just get to get rid of that dead man. They just throwed him in Elijah's grave and he came back to life when he touched the bones of Elijah because those bones still had the anointing of God on them. And so uh, you can live without your uh, body, but you cannot, the body will not live long. It may beat a while, it may do all that, but it will not live when, when the spirit's gone. Amen? The spirit of the man, that is the real you. And that's really the only part of you that God's very concerned about. That's the part he's dealing with. That's the part. That's the part he's, and hallelujah, glory to God. You know, really the rest is pretty much up to us. Now God's there to help us. He's given us His Word to help us. But the rest of it, whether you, you know you get born again and God fixed the inner man and you're fixed. But whether you get a renewed mind is up to you. Whether your soul prospers is totally up to you. It's totally up to you. Whether your body prospers probably depends on what you do with your soul. The soul's kind of there in the middle with that making the decisions. And we're going to get more into that later. I, I, I'm just determined I'm going to sell my notes tonight. But I already messed up. I already goofed. Hallelujah. So there's confusion there. Even Strong's concordance is wrong. 
This is how indoctrinated we have been with spirit, soul, and body. In Strong's Concordance, if you look up the word spirit, the word spirit in the Greek is pneuma. And the word and in, in, in Strong's gives this definition. It says the pneuma is the immortal soul, which is exactly wrong. That's what Strong's Concordance says. And Strong's is the reference work that we use. Now, so, but really and truly, in the Greek, we have our pneuma, which is our spirit. We have our suke, which is our soul. Our soul is comprised of our mind, our will, our emotions, our conscience, our personality. Those are in our soul. When we go to heaven, when we go, we're going to take our soul. When your spirit leaves your body, your soul goes too. You're going to have your personality in heaven. You're going to have your emotions in heaven. You're still going to have the ability to be happy, to be, um, uh, to be, um, oh, I, I'm, we're not, there's not going to be tears in heaven, but there are going to be, there are going to be, uh, compassion. We're going to feel compassion. We're going to feel, we're going to feel those things that are in our spirit. We're going to have feelings. In other words, when we get to heaven. And then your, the, the carne, the other part, the Greek word is carne. It means flesh. You know, that's where we get the word chili con carne. Next time you eat it, just say, I'm eating flesh. Hallelujah. <laughs> chili con carne. That's where we get carne. It means flesh. Uh, in, five, uh, in five senses. All on the Mexican food menus, right? They always say something about carne. Hallelujah. It does, doesn't it? Hallelujah. They, uh, the Spanish uses that word. Where we use the word flesh, they use the word carne for meat. And uh, that's what we are. We're just meat. This body is just, it, it's meat. It's, uh, it, it was made out of dust. God made Adam out of dust. And hallelujah. And we've just been passing that, du that dirt. <laughs> hallelujah. And some people's dirt's a little prettier than other people's dirt. Hallelujah. Uh, you know, but, <laughs> hallelujah. Some people got it put together pretty nice, don't they? Hallelujah. You know, but it's still dirt. Hallelujah. Even if you're Arnold, you know, you're still dirt. Amen. Just a dirt bag. That's all you know. I'm just... <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. That just popped out. I didn't plan that. That's not my notes. <laughs> now you say that to somebody, you're a dirt bag. It's really the truth. That's all. You're just a bag of dirt. No. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Put together with a little moisture, you know, clay, you know. Okay, um, you are in touch with your body and your soul continually. You are constantly in touch with your body and soul. Turn to John chapter 3 and verse 6. And we'll look at this a little bit. You are constantly in touch with your body and your soul. John chapter 3 verse 6. Your body talks, your soul talks. Your spirit talks. Hallelujah. We'll talk about that too. John 3 verse 6 says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Jesus was talking to Nicodemus here, and he's talking about you have to be born again. But this is a very important scripture. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. And one thing he's saying here is there is no direct connection between the flesh and the spirit. Fact, family, it's either flesh or it's spirit. And it's, there's not a direct connection between the two. Let me explain that a little more. You know, uh, <laughs> let me just say it this way. You cannot in a physical, natural way feel your spirit. 
You cannot feel your spirit in a physical, natural way. You can never know you have a spirit. Now, sometimes our spirit can get so revved up in the Lord that we that our body can begin to react to our spirit. But you cannot in a natural way contact your spirit or know you have a spirit. Let's go a little further on that. Um, see, we can inventory our body instantly. Right now, I could just say, in, tell me, inventory your body. And you could just check your body and you could say, I'm tired or I'm, I, I have pain in my body. You can inventory it, and you can instantly tell exactly where it was. Sure. And the same with uh, your emotions or your soul. You could inventory. You could uh, um, say it this way. You could take a survey of your emotions right now, and you could tell me if you were sad, if you were depressed, if you were. You could inventory your soul. You could tell me if you were happy, if you were excited, if you were, uh, uh, if you were. Uh, Feeling something for someone, a compassion for someone, or a, uh, um, you know, you heart, you y'all know what I'm saying. So you could inventory your body, you could inventory your soul, but your spirit cannot be contacted in any natural way. And this is where Christians get messed up because they're trying to feel God, they're trying to hear God with their mind. Figure out what God's saying with their mind. They're trying to think it through, reason it through. Uh, put down, like we said last week, write down the pros and cons. Um, hallelujah. And that's not how we contact God. We don't contact God with our mind. We don't, uh, we, and, and, and so we have songs that are, and you know, we have had through the years as we've gained more revelation, we've had to throw away a tub of songs that, you know, in the soulish realm, we liked them because um, maybe they got a, brought an emotion to us. You can sing songs that are not really scriptural, but because, because um, as a child, you heard that song. Maybe you felt close to God when you were a child and they were singing that song at church. That, that song has, uh, you are reminiscent about it. You are nostalgic about it. And so when that song is played, you feel something kind of wells up in your emotions and you feel drawn or tied to that song. And it can be totally against the Word of God. And lots of them are. You know, when you go through the hymn book or something, you gotta you gotta sort. And sometimes you gotta sort. You know, and there's been many a song that we've just changed a word or two in so we can sing it. Amen. We everybody we've had people leave the church because we changed we changed Amazing Grace because <laughs> we don't sing and saved a wretch like me. Now that doesn't mean we don't believe we used to be a wretch. Because you were a wretch. But you know, we're not wretches anymore. And so because of misunderstanding, we don't want the babies in the church to think, oh, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. I'm a wretch. I'm just a saved wretch. No, so we sing, He saved and set me free. When we sing Amazing Grace. There's a lot of songs like that we've changed one or two words to. And so um, uh, lots of songs, my point is this, lots of these Christian songs are filled with 
I felt this. I, oh God, when you walk by, I just felt you this. I just, you just listen to them sometimes. It's full of that kind of stuff. That's nothing more than religion. It has no basis in fact. God walked in this room. You could not feel him with your body. Now you, you would have to perceive him. And sometimes it's just terminology. You know, we don't know a way to say, but you know, we have eyes in our spirit. We can see things with our spirit man that we that aren't visible to the natural eye. Let me give you an example. When we were going to build onto the church out at Coker, at that church, and and uh, we on July the fourth weekend we had a fellowship or something uh, in two thousand two, and we went out behind the church and we broke ground. And the Lord told us to do it, and we did it by faith. We didn't have a penny of money. We didn't know how we was going to get the money. We just knew it was God's will for us to add on to that building. And so, by faith, we broke ground that night. We prayed, and somebody got a shovel. It was pretty quick and casual, you know. And we just kind of dug a little dirt and threw it and said, Praise God, we're started. And uh, But I tell you, after that, I could see that building as so clear that I would could go to the back door of that church and open that door and I could see it in here. I knew where everything was. I knew I knew that building. It, I saw it, but you know, when you open the back door, in literality, it was dirt and weeds back there. But when but in my in my heart, I might call it heart or my spirit, with the eyes of my spirit, I could see that building. It was as real as anything. It was as real as Eric sitting there. It was as real as you sitting there. It was that real to me. Amen. I could see it. I have eyes in my spirit. I can see things. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so, uh, but but I but now see. Lots of people go, ah, you know, because you say, well, you know, we have a church building out there. I can see it. I can walk down the halls. I see, I see the ladies' restroom. I see it. But they're like, they're trying to discern it with these eyes right here. Well, it wasn't there. It wasn't there. You cannot contact God with your, with your body or with your soul. Um, the, your spirit cannot be contacted in any natural way. The spirit man has to be reborn uh, before being born again. This is what the three-part being man looks like. His spirit is dead. He is dead. Actually, his father is Satan. We've talked about that before. And he is spiritually dead. He is, uh, he, we read, we read last week how he has no, it does not bother him to sin. I don't know why we're surprised when sinners sin. That's what they do. They do it good. Um, we shouldn't be surprised. But I've heard people cry and wail because they're, they're sinner, not saved. When we say sinner, we mean not saved, not born again. Uh, their husband or their brother. I just don't understand why he does these things. Well, that's not hard to understand. His father's the devil. He's dead spiritually. It doesn't bother him. Paul said, I lived in all good conscience. That's what he told Herod. I lived in all good conscience. Well, he had persecuted Christians. He had killed Christians. He had helped stone them. He had, I mean, he drug them to jail by the hair of their head. And he said, I lived in all good conscience. It didn't bother me one bit. 
I lived in all good conscience. I'm telling you, sinners aren't. Now, there's, there's some people down at the bar that when they get drunk, they get under conviction. But they're the ones that are either born again and shouldn't be at the bar to start with, or they've got grandma's preaching, you know, they've heard it. It's in their soul. So they'll get drunk and they'll cry in their beer. And they'll feel, oh, you know, they'll feel convicted. They'll feel bad. But the sinner that, that hasn't had grandma teaching him uh, and, 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 and hasn't uh, ever been born again, he don't feel bad at all. He don't feel bad at all. My Lord, he don't feel bad at all taking a gun, pulling it out, killing three policemen in Birmingham. He don't feel bad about that. Now, he may feel bad he got caught. He, be, he may be real sad that he got caught. But you know, and you can't do, you can't, you can put him in prison, and I'm not, we, and we need to put him in prison. But and you can send 14 psychologists, and you can't fix this man. The only thing that'll fix this man, he'll, he'll get out of prison, he'll do it again in a week. The only thing that'll fix him is if he gets born again. He has a new birth. He's recreated. Now the Spirit has to be reborn. And that's the part that God communicates with. This is the part of you that God is communicating with. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And like I said, sometimes it's just terminology. I mean, sometimes we um, discern that God has touched us or, or something and we'll say, well, I felt the Lord. And we'll say that. But the truth is, that, feel, the, that f feelings have nothing to do with anything. And like I said, sometimes it's just our terminology. But there's a lot of people that are waiting for feelings. That's why we have to, that's why we have to um, differentiate between the two. They're waiting to feel something at church. You know, and, and the, the Pentecostal churches are full of people that got baptized in the Holy Ghost back in 1940... And they think you got to have a feeling to speak in tongues. you got to get real revved up in the Spirit. Woo! And then all of a sudden you'll go, blah, 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 blah. And that's, they don't. And they, so they speak in tongues once in every blue moon, don't they? Is that right, Jonathan? That's exactly right. But we know that you don't have to feel anything. I just walk around my house feeling nothing and speak in tongues. I drive my car, I speak in tongues all day, every day. My husband does too. We speak in tongues in stores, we speak in tongues under our breath, we speak in tongues out loud. We just speak in tongues because, hallelujah, because why? We're building up ourselves on our most holy faith. We're praying in the Holy Ghost. We're praying out mysteries. You need to be too. You've got to pray out the plans for your life. Hallelujah. Amen. Everything in your life has to be prayed out in advance. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, <clears throat> all the power and life of God flows from your spirit. we got to grasp this. Otherwise, we will search mentally to hear from God. We'll search emotionally to see if the Bible is true. Like, for instance, we'll read in the Bible, By His stripes ye were healed. And what will we do? We'll go to feeling in our body. And see, that's not, that's not even how you figure out if you're healed. We'll, the, we'll read in the body. We'll read in the Bible. We'll read in the Bible. It says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We'll begin to check ourselves emotionally to see if we feel righteous. 
There are people all over Tuscaloosa tonight, or not tonight because there's not many churches having church, but Sunday morning that will walk down to the front of the aisle and they'll say, I want to be born again. My gosh, they've been down the front of the aisle 15 times and been born again 15 times. But why? Because they're sitting in their pew looking in their body, look, I mean looking in their emotions, looking in their soul, and they're saying, I don't feel saved. And you cannot discern whether you're saved by how you feel. You cannot discern whether you're saved by, by what your emotions are saying, what your mind is saying. The devil has access to your mind and he's trying to tell people you're not saved. See, he'll tell you, he'll work on you not to get saved until you get saved. And then when you get saved, he starts working on you to condemn you and tell you you're not saved and you're not good enough and you're not... See, he works on you. Don't matter which end of the spectrum you're on, he's working on you. Talking to your mind. And so we can't discern and we cannot use our mind as the deciding thing for anything. So one lady said it this way, we ought to all just cut off our heads. Pastors, and that's really, if you could, I guarantee you, you'd be a better Christian if you didn't have, if you could just kind of cut it off. And, and we can cut it off. We can cut it off right here and say, you know, I'm not, I'm not using this, I'm using this. This is where I'm thinking. Because in here, you got all the answers. In here, you got the wisdom of God already. In here, you're righteous. In the spirit man, you're righteous. And in here, in here you, you know what you're supposed to do. You have unction from the Holy One and you know all things. You know everything. Hallelujah. You got the answers. Amen. So you just, sometimes you got to turn this off. Because now this thing, it thinks. And, it, and it, have you noticed? It thinks. And the devil talks to it and then it thinks. And then the devil talks to it and it thinks some more. And you know, there are things that are hard to discern. Uh, okay. You know, because I've been dealing with a tooth in my head. <laughs> And the tooth talks, and, but here I am, you know, and, and, they, and my choices are these. My choices are believe God to heal the tooth. But see, I can feel the crack with my tongue. It's cracked all the way down. So that talks to me. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to hear God here. And, you know, it can get kind of, you know, it can, it's like, mm. <laughs> You know, because then I've got another choice, and it's go to a... And see, I come from West Texas, and I grew up with the same dentist all my life. And bless his soul, if he was still practicing, he's retired because he's old and sick. But if he's still practicing, I'd be on a plane and let him take care of this. Because, <laughs> because I went to the dentist, the kind of dentist that he cleans your teeth, he filled your teeth, he put your crowns on, he pulled your teeth, he made your false teeth, he did it all. When I got to Tuscaloosa, I was overwhelmed. First of all, there's a computer screen. I've never seen a computer screen in a dentist's office. But I mean, this was, a, this was horse and wagon stuff compared. And, and uh, now they want you to go to this kind of dentist if you got this problem, this kind of dentist if you got that problem, and this kind. And so when they say oral surgeon, my, my mind goes, it's like, I do not want, I hate that word, surgeon. The oral part doesn't bother me. It's the word surgeon. See, see, my mind starts thinking about that. So I'm trying to hear from God. Am I supposed to go to an oral surgeon or go to this doctor and have a root canal? That word is bad too. You, it's like, oh God, I'm trying to hear you. I'm trying to hear you. I've got to cut this thing off to hear him. 
Which way am I supposed to go? And you know, I got to be realistic. You know, you can't believe God for something you don't have faith for. And you, the Bible says we got to, we got to judge ourselves to see if we be in faith. Some people try to be in faith when they're not really in faith. And you know, you just can't do that. I know Keith Moore told the story, I think I might have told it before, how he went out to his car at Rhema one time. He's an instructor at Rhema Bible Training Center, the faith school. And he is the faith teacher at Rhema, or he was. I mean, he was like everybody's favorite faith teacher. And he went out to his car and the battery dead. And so he gets on the phone and calls security and they're sending somebody over to boost him off right quick. But some little cocky Ramus student was walking by and said something real cocky to him. said, well, God's man of faith, why don't you just pray and believe? And he looked at him and he said, because it's not in my heart. And a lot of Christians are trying to pray things and they're trying to believe God for things that really aren't in their heart. Listen, if you're not 100% God's going to heal me your tooth, you better go goose. You better go find the. You got to figure out from God. Okay, God, I'm not hundred percent on this, and there's no condemnation, because we're growing in faith, we're maturing in our faith, and to tell you the truth, I've been believing God for quite a while, but I've been forgetting to believe for my teeth. I mean, I really have. I realized. I thought, you know, I just had not been believing for my teeth. I've been believing for my body, but I just was kind of leaving the teeth just hanging there. And <laughs> I don't mean that. That's no pun intended. But, and so, you know, but so I've got to discern. I've got to separate here what's my soul. My soul, my soul, my emotions are saying, I can't stand doctors. My emotions are saying, I hate that needle in my mouth. <laughs> See, my emotions are telling me all sorts of stuff. But reality is, you know, i got to hear from God. Okay. Hallelujah. I'll let you know how it turns out. <laughs> Amen. So we got to, we've got to grasp this. Because um, uh, we can't mentally hear from God. Uh, and, and there's a war in the mind a lot of times. Like I'm talking about here, I'm having this war. And the war is between, oh man, i got two negatives. Oral surgeon, root canal. Oral surgeon, root canal. i, I got two negatives. It's like, God, none of those choices are good. <laughs> right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, and then I've got the fact that I didn't develop my faith for my teeth. Hallelujah. I have now. Boy, I'm in faith about the rest of them. Amen. Um, so, uh, you know, we can't search emotionally to see if the Bible is true. We cannot search to see, am I saved? The only way to really know if you're saved has nothing to do with feelings. The only way to really know you're saved is to go to Romans chapter 10, find out what it said to do, ask yourself, did I do it? And if you did it, then it don't matter how you feel, it don't matter what the devil tells you, it don't matter what other people tell you. Because I remember in Christian school one time when I was a, 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 a helper teacher, I was not the head teacher, I remember there was this kid in Christian school and he cheated. Well, I got news for you. The, every kid in our school tried to cheat at some time or another. The only problem was is we knew the system. Boy, I tell you, that's one thing we knew. And, we, and we'd catch them every time. Hallelujah. But every kid tried. But he tried to cheat or do something. I can't remember. And that teacher... 
she got in his face and she said, you need to get saved. Well, that's not right. Just because that kid tried to cheat doesn't mean he needed to get saved. Now, you know, he needed some teaching. He needed lots of things. But there's times people will try to tell you you're not saved. I know there's some people before that, especially it seems like family, that I really thought they weren't saved. But, you know, I know now. I know they, but in my past I thought, you ain't saved. If you saved, you wouldn't act like this. But, you know, they really were. They were just yielding to the flesh, yielding to the devil. And saved, unsaved, all of us can yield to the devil. He's there, and you know he's, he's trying to get us. He's trying to get us to yield to him. He's working on us. He's working on every Christian, and every, and every one of us. Don't, don't, be, don't tell me you, you do yield to him sometimes. You know, even sometimes we make a negative confession. See, he tries to get us faith people to yield to him and confess. Confess we're not healed when we know we are. Confess we're tired. Every time we say, I'm tired, we're yielding. Now, I say I'm tired, and I'm telling you, I'm yielding when I say I'm tired. And so, what? here's the thing. If we can't go by our soul, and we can't go by our flesh, what do we go by? Well, how do we know? What do we, how do, what do we go by? There's only one thing. We go to 1 Peter 2, 24, and it says we're healed. We don't ask our body, are you healed, body? Do you feel like you're healed? We don't ask our body. Because this man right here, he knows he's healed. Amen? He knows he's healed. You're already healed. So what does this man do? This man tells the body, he tells the, he tells, he starts saying, you're healed, act on it. You're healed, act like you are. You're healed, talk, talk like you are. You're healed. Act on it. And he's trying to get you. So, so here's what we... Is, he know, The spirit man knows that if we will get up and obey this man and we will act on, our, act on the fact that it's true because the Word says it. Yeah. And we will ignore what this man's saying and we'll begin to act on our healing that this man will, this man will, will have to give in to the spirit realm to this man. So we act on we act like we're healed. We act healed. Amen. We we don't we don't when when this man says I'm tired, we say um, the joy of the Lord's my strength. And we start acting on it. And we start yielding to that joy even by praising God. And we praise him. And we just glory, oh thank you Lord. Oh God, and we begin to we, what we do is we begin to stir up the joy because the joy, our, our strength is in the joy. And we, and we tell this body. Now, Brother Hagin used to say it this way. He'd say, um, I feel good, I feel fine, body get in line. That's what he would do. He'd say, I feel, see, he's talking about this man. This is the real man. He'd say, I feel good, I feel fine, body, you get in line. See, most people act like this is the real man. And so they do everything this man say, oh, I'm sick, go lay down. Oh, you, you have a, this man will say, I think you have a fever, go get the thermometer and take, take your temperature. Like it makes a bit of difference whether it's 102 or 104, right? You know, 
This man is full of the wisdom of God. You know, we don't, we, you need to teach your children. They're having trouble in school. They'll, and they say, oh, I'm just dumb. I just don't know arithmetic. You tell them about the spirit man. This man knows. This man knows arithmetic. This man knows trig. That man knows trigonometry. Physics, he knows it. Amen. Hallelujah. Mind of Christ. Lean into him. This man understands computers. Hallelujah. So what do we do? We run into a computer problem. We call Barry. No. no. We say, Barry, uh, get your spirit man going. We're going to need some help here. No. no. But I, really, we don't call you every time, believe it or not, Barry. I mean, I'll be, I, I'm right now. I've got, my, I got a book. I, some of my books is out of balance. And I'm like, okay, God, you got to show me. Holy Ghost, you got to show me. Show me where it's at. Show me where it's at. You know, a few pennies, a few this. Show me, you know. Holy Spirit knows how, and He will, and He has done it for me so many times. Hallelujah. So we rely on Him, and we all are more. Amen. It may even get, someday we don't have to call Barry. Hallelujah. But we're all developing. Amen. Uh, John 6, 63. Y'all are in John, so just turn to 6, 63. So a big key to all of this is the spirit realm cannot be seen or felt. The spirit realm cannot be seen or felt. Actually, the spirit realm is discerned. The spirit realm is discerned. We have all been given a gift of the spirit called discerning of spirits. Did you know you have that gift right down here on the inside of you? You have the gift. You have a gift of discerning of spirits. You can discern. You 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 can discern things that are happening in the service. You can discern things. You can discern when people aren't right. Because you've got a you've got a discerning of spirits in here. Hallelujah. You've got all nine fruit of the spirit. You've got love in your heart. You have got the love of God in your heart. I'm telling you what this man right here. He loves everybody. Say my spirit man. Loves everybody. loves everybody. Amen. Your spirit man loves everybody. You're not any problem. Uh, Brother Hagen tells a story about uh, he went to a church to preach one time, and after the service, they were eating in a restaurant with the pastor. He was eating with the pastor. And the pastor's wife said, Brother Hagen, I feel so bad, but I hate my mother in law. I hate her. I hate my mother in law. And Brother Hagen said, well, now, wait a minute. And he said, uh, now I want you to do something. He said, I want you to turn off your head, and I want you to look right down here on the inside of you, and I want you to say, I hate my mother-in-law, while you look down on the inside of you. And I want you to just say it out loud, but be looking right down here. And so she said, okay. She said, close your eyes. And so she closed her eyes, and she looked right down here, and she said, I hate my mother-in-law. And he said, okay, now tell me what you felt. And he, she said, well, I felt this scratching thing in there. I felt something scratching. And he said, well, that was your spirit. He said, your spirit doesn't hate your mother-in-law. And he said, your spirit doesn't hate her. That's just your emotions. That's just your head talking. And so, so she, she thought about it a minute and she said, you know, that's true. I don't really hate my mother-in-law. I don't really hate her. He, she said, no, really, I love her. Now, you can be mad as fire at somebody. In the head. You know what I'm saying? You can be mad as firing, but I'm telling you what, it's impossible for you, the real you, to hate. The only thing you can hate is hate the devil. 
That's all you can do. You can hate sickness and disease and sin because that's the, the children of the devil. But you can't hate any. There's no way you can hate anybody. You cannot really like their personality. You cannot like the way they look. You cannot like the clothes they wear. But you really can't hate them. And if you get in touch with your heart, really and truly you love them. Really and truly you, 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 you have a, 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 a compassion for them. Amen. And you know, sometimes, here's the point. It's like my tooth. Here's the thing. Sometimes the soul has been so hurt by somebody, and, here, and, and you just, it's just, you're not being able to separate the two. And your soul is just hurt and wounded. And you know, you hurt, a wounded animal will attack. And I'll tell you something a wounded human being is meaner than the devil. You'd rather, have, you'd rather, you know, church, I can tell you, hurting people hurt other people. People that are hurting in their soul. I mean, next time a waiter bites your head off, just think, you know, he's got a headache. Or something. You gotta, that's how we have to sort it out. Because this man right here, he don't hate. Now this man, he hates. In fact, this man, it's impossible for him to love impossible for him to love. Now he can have a, a, a brotherly affection, phileo. He can have a eros, which is sexual love, but he cannot have agape, which is unconditional love of God. He does not know what it's like. He does not understand it. Hallelujah. And that's why you'll see on 2020 or something, you'll see a show and somebody, somebody's uh, kid got murdered. And that woman's a Christian. And she goes to the prison and forgives the, the forgives the man, forgives him, loves him. Sometimes I've seen shows about them where they literally went and ministered to him all through the years, loving somebody that killed your kid. Only a Christian can do that. But I can tell you, you can do it. That man can do it. That man can do it. But then you'll see him on TV. They'll say, "I'll never forgive him. I'll never get over it." I, you know. And that's the, you'll, you'll, you'll find this man. Or sometimes it's the Christian, the Christian whose soul is, he looks like this on the inside, but his soul's dark. He doesn't have a renew, you know, and he's, yield, he's yielding to the soul. He's yielding to the flesh. Hallelujah. Glory to God. John 6, 63, are y'all there? Well, I wish time didn't go so fast. Hallelujah. John 6, 63, it is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. It is the spirit that quickeneth. This is the, this is the part that's going to quicken your mind. This is the part that's going to quicken your body. Amen. This is the part. Healing's going to come from your spirit. You're going to get your mind renewed. And here's what's going to happen. You get your mind renewed. You get your, your mind agreeing with your spirit. You got it whooped, honey. You get your mind agreeing with the spirit man. Amen? That you're healed and you got it whooped. As long as the mind's fighting, then there's a war going on. Hallelujah. But praise God. Praise God. Uh, so the flesh profiteth nothing. The flesh profiteth. It's the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth. Y'all know that? Your flesh profiteth nothing. 
The flesh, you know, we spend so much time on this flesh. Man, we spend hours trying to beautify it. And I think we ought to wash it. And, you know, it's better for everybody else if you clean it up a little. And, uh, and uh, it helps us a lot if you'll clean it up a little. If you'll take a bath and, and some things like that. But, you know, on the other hand, we're not supposed to be going overboard on this body. Amen? Not, be, not supposed to be going around thinking about the outer man all the time. How do I look? How do I, you know, how do I smell? How do I, you know, we're not supposed to be thinking about that all the time. Not supposed to be, you know, if you're just consumed with shopping and you've got to buy clothes all the time, you, then, and, and, and we ought to have nice clothes, but I'm talking about, you know, people that I've seen people on TV said they had to shop every day. They couldn't be happy unless they shopped every day. Well, you know, you're just consumed with the outer man. You're not, and you know, a lot of times we're neglecting the spirit man. And it's the spirit man that's going to determine whether you have success or not. It's the spirit man that's going to determine whether you have health or not. It's really not your body. You can exercise this body. I've heard of two or three. That's why I'm staying away from it. But I've heard of two or three people in Tuscaloosa. Don't want to, I don't want to hurt anybody's faith here, but big exercisers run every day, drop dead. 50 years old or so, 40 years old. And I said, man, I, I'm going to stay away from that stuff. No, 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 but you know, and the Bible tells us bodily exercise profiteth what? Little, just a little. But godliness and holiness, great profit. Great profit to exercise in the spirit man. Great profit to, what do we do when we exercise spirit man? Praising and worshiping. And we're ex, you know, we're exercising when we praising and worshiping. Speaking in tongues, exercising the spirit man. Great profit to those kind of things. Now, if you like to run, just go ahead. But it's just profiting you a little. You just remember that. And if you like to go and lift weights and pump iron, go ahead if that's fun to you. But it's profiting you a little. Amen. Uh, it, and and, and the, the, the thing is, there's people who go to the gym for four hours and they never touch the Word of God all day. You know what I'm saying? And so we ought to reverse that. They ought to uh, touch the gym and get in the Word four hours. Hallelujah. Then, then they'd be right. They got the thing upside down. See, the world, you know, you can't, a lot of people, oh, you know, they're all thinking about, well, you know, the four food groups. Well, dear Lord, the government changes that every other, every 10 years. They, they decide which, what you're supposed to eat now. You know, they used to say, well, you've got to eat this, this, this. That'd be healthy. Now they said, no, 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 that's not healthy. Then they, you know, well, you know, and one week coffee's not healthy. The next week, I can, you can pick up max, magazines that say, man, it, coffee, people that drink coffee, one or two cups a day, they got it. Man, they got it. Then you pick up a magazine that says, boy, don't drink tea. Then I, then I found one, see, I love tea. Iced tea's my thing. And so... Uh, Especially a lot of ice. And, they, and you can find magazine, tea is full of antioxidants. That's what I just, I just pick the ones I want. Because you, you can find the ones that say anything. Chocolate, it is a major food group. It is. All women need chocolate. We was talking about yesterday. Carter won't eat chocolate. Caitlin already, she's into chocolate. I said, she's a woman. She needs it. She's got to have it, you know. It... It just, you know, it just, it just does something in the brain. It just, it just settles you down. Hallelujah. You know, I'm talking to you about you can't go, you know, you can go read anything you want to read. You can read it from both sides. More you can say low fat or you can say high fat, low carbs. 
You know, to, oh man, there's some people that are saying all oh, this, and then there are there's people saying all oh, that, and it's like, well, just whichever one you want, honey. Just do which one you want. <laughs> really? And you know, my great grandma, she didn't know none of this. She lived to be 92, and she ate high lard. <laughs> they fried it in lard. They ate the pig. They had homemade biscuits every day, with plenty of homemade homemade butter. Right. That's godly. And plenty of white gravy. Plenty of white gravy. Woo! Hallelujah. That, and you know they did that. And and, and they, she didn't have a treadmill. She didn't have a she didn't have none of that. And she dipped snuff on top of that. <laughs> and lived to be ninety-two. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I think it has more to do with the almighty dollar than it has to do with anything else. It's a multi-trillion dollar. And so if they can't get you to spend it one way, they just flip it around and say it another way, and you'll spend it that way. And herbs and all that kind of stuff. If you want to take herbs, fine. You know, I know faith, I know faith people that say, I take vitamins. Every, I take vitamins. Gloria Copeland, I take vitamins. Andrew Womack says, I don't take nothing. Don't take no vitamin. Don't take nothing. So do it whichever way you want to. And really, do it how the Holy Spirit leads you. Do it how the Holy Spirit... And you know what I'll tell you something else? I'll just, while I'm on this, you preach the Word and live your... Con and I'll take my own advice. If you're convicted not to eat pork, don't eat it. But don't try to put that... I, most people I know, when they get on one of these things, they want everybody on that. They want everybody taking uh, some herb and everybody... You know, my mom's like that, and we call her Granny Clampett. I mean, she's got, she's got a remedy for it. I mean, if you say, well, you know, I've been sneezing. They take her, and she's got the whatever it is, the herb, the, doesn't she? Is that correct? Granny Clampett. Now, we tell her that to her face, and she don't like it none. I mean, but, I mean she kind of, <laughs> but she is Granny Clampett. She's got a home remedy for everything. She does. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are we about through? Nearly. Let's look at one more scripture. Well, we, let me say this first. The Bible is the only thing that reveals spiritual reality. And it's through the Word of God that we know what our spirit's like. It's only through the Word of God that you know you're saved. It's just, putting, it's just going over to Romans chapter 10. We'll just do that. I'll just look at it. Romans chapter 10 and verse uh, 9. If you want to know your, if you're saved, you just look at this verse. Don't check your feelings. Don't even check how you've lived your life. We may not know it. There might be a mass murderer sitting right here in this. You may have people buried in the backyard. Now, I know that's scary sounding, and it's, it's, it's bad sounding, and we don't want to think that that... But I want to tell you, mass murderers can get saved. And it, but if they get caught, they still have to go to prison. There's some mighty good Christians in prison. There's some mighty good Christians in prison. And there's some people that need to be there. They need to be there. Hallelujah. It says... Um, Romans 10, 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus 
and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. So if you want to know if you're saved, just say, Debbie, do you believe that God hath raised Jesus from the dead? Yeah, I believe that. Well, Debbie, did you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that He was your Lord, He was your Savior? Yeah, I did that. See, I can't ask myself. There's been days, you, you know, there's days you don't feel saved. You know, you can't ask yourself, am I full of the Holy Ghost? You can't ask, how many of you never have had days when you didn't feel righteous? You know, I've had days, you know, there's been times I've yelled at my husband and I felt as unrighteous as a mass murderer. I did. And the devil, he whoops you. He says, the Bible says, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. And he gets on you and he whips you with that. And if you were a good preacher's wife, and if you were a... And what's more, you are so stubborn, you are so willful, you will never submit. Hallelujah. And then the, and, and now my husband doesn't do this, but then an old carnal husband, he'll come in and he'll say, Woman, the Bible says, wives, submit to your husband. <laughs> now, carnal husband, my husband's never said that. He was scared to. No. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to tell you honestly. If I had to shut my mouth to go to heaven, I would just would never get to go. You know? God made me to talk. I've been, you know, I've been talking. I, every report card I ever got in elementary school had a needs improvement or talks too much on, needs improvement on talking, talks too much. My third grade teacher, when I was walking out of the room one day towards the end of school, she just was sitting on the desk and she threw her arms around me and she said, I love you even if you do talk all the time. <laughs> to tell me I have to keep my opinion to myself, it just ain't going to happen, is it? <laughs> and some of you are like that. And then some of you are in the other ditch. You need to speak up. You need to speak up for God. You need to speak up for righteousness. Some wives need to do some talking. And say, buddy. Well, they do. Is that true? Now, there's some, I tell you, there's some husbands that quit, need to quit being husbandettes and they need to speak up and say, Woman, I got some kinfolks that the husband needs to speak up and tell her she's wrong. And he don't have the guts. But, my past, but Michael says, Pastor says, well, he'd have to have he'd have hell to pay if he ever did tell her, you know. <laughs> but they do. They need to speak up. They need to stand up for righteousness. They need to tell her she's wrong. Quit doing her kids that way. Quit doing her, you know. Hallelujah, glory to God. Well, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but the fact is, the fact is, the Bible's the only thing that reveals spiritual truth to us. So don't ask yourself if you're righteous. Turn to Corinthians and find out you are. 
and then start agreeing with the Word of God and saying you are. And as you agree with the Word of God, you'll find this man will start coming into line. Your soul will start coming into line. Don't get up in the morning and ask yourself if you're depressed. Don't do that. Start telling yourself, no, you'll not be depressed. Start speaking from the spirit man and saying, no, you'll not be depressed. Start talking to your body and say, no, you'll not, you know, instead of saying, oh, God, my arthritis is hurting. Well, first of all, quit calling it your arthritis. It's the devil's. Don't belong to you. It don't belong to you. And start telling your, saying, arthritis, you won't get on my body. Elbow, you will function properly, whatever part it is. In the name of Jesus, I'm speaking to you. I'm talking to you. You've got to talk to yourself all day, every day. You've got to tell yourself to walk in love. Sometimes you've got to tell yourself to shut up. Amen. Hallelujah. And see, we begin to get control of our soul. And we get, we begin to get control of our body through the spirit man. Through the spirit man. And nobody can do it but you. You know, Pastor and I can pray for you every service. And we can get you healed sometimes, but I guarantee you until you start getting a hold of it for yourself, you start talking to your body, you'll need it every Sunday morning. You'll need healing every week. Until you start talking to your body. Amen? And I know maybe you weren't taught that way, but now you are. Amen. Let's stand up together. It's time to, it's time to quit. We love talking about spirit, soul, and body.